Okay. Recording. Say something, Todd. I, Nick, I am your father. <laughs> Nick. Is that what he says, though? Because I think that's... Luke, I am your father. I don't think he says that. I think there's like a misconception of what he actually says in that moment. I think. No, I, I think, think he says, I am your father. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> With that face. <laughs> Hold on, let me look this up. Oh, look at this. Luke, I am your father is probably one of the most famous lines in film. Too bad Darth Vader never said it. What? The Guardian lists the top 10 movie misquotes. Luke, I am your father as number one almost. The actual quote is, um, no, I am your father. So it's not Luke, I am your father. It's no, I am your father. Yeah. See, I'd heard mm. something about this. But I am your father is still legit. I am your father is good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is important, people. It's really important. This is important. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. All right. Nick, I, I've noticed that in sessions, I tend to use humor quite a bit. Sometimes um, I definitely question my use of humor. Sometimes. What, what do you think about humor inside of therapy? Um, is it good? Is it helpful? How how so? Um, and and maybe how might it not be helpful? I think it's a great question, but I want to start with a different question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to talk first a little bit about humor in general, and specifically, do you think you're funny? How funny do you think you are? I happen to be hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of off the funny meter, into into hilarity, and the self confidence meter, <laughs> and I'm super humble about that as well. <laughs> Scale of one to ten, five is average person, <laughs> right? Where it just in general as a person, do you think you are? Where are you on that? Oh, good. Um, I. I <laughs> Sounds so braggadocious or weird. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm a I'm a solid two. Come on, man. <laughs> you know me better than that. You know I'm hilarious. Um Did you just say you know I'm hilarious? You know I'm hilarious. <laughs> Not a hilarious. You know oh. I'm hilarious. Um I I like as far as like people go, one to ten. Like five okay, let's. Average, I'll, I'll ease you into this. Are you above or below average? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm above average. Okay, you Nick. think you're above average, along with everyone else in the population who thinks they're above we average. We don't have that data on everything. I don't know that we have that data. <laughs> okay, so you're so now the question is, how above average are you <laughs> in terms of humor? Um. I've got everyone who knows you over the last 10 years in the closet ready to come out in a mm -hmm. Jerry Springer moment mm -hmm. after this. So everyone? think carefully. Just about. All the important ones. Okay. That's mm -hmm. kind of scary to think about. Actually. 
Um, what, them coming out or them in a closet together? Well, I'm, I'm quite sure not everybody in that closet would be friendly. Hmm. <laughs> so, be bad when we open the door. Um, um, there's a, it's a mixed closet. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say I'm a seven. Okay. At least. I feel uh, that's acceptable. I feel like if you if you had said eight, you would have needed some substantial evidence to back that up. Substantial? Yeah. Like, like that's a claim. I think eight is like you're making a major claim about your hilariousness. But seven, that puts you at the the normal end of above average. Does that make sense? Uh huh. Uh huh. And I, I would agree with you, Doctor Sewell. I think you're a pretty funny guy. All right. All right. I'll take it. I think you're funnier than I am. I don't know. You've cracked me up a time or two as well. But maybe I'm probably funnier than you. I've been trying really hard <laughs> to get better at puns over the last two years of my life. Yeah. I've been working really hard because when I, when my wife and I first started dating, she just smoked me. Like she was all over the puns. Way funnier than you Way were. funnier than I was. With um, puns especially. That was yeah. like the, the. I mean, that was just the thing that kind of came up a lot. Um, and then I like really made a concerted effort to try and get punnier. Um, Good. And I'm, I'm Good not one. better than her, but I've. I've made some progress, I think. You're punnier now than you were. I'm punnier now than I was. <laughs> punnier now than I've ever been. My daughter, my youngest daughter loves puns. Does she? To an annoying degree. Like, does she does she generate them or does she um, just like encountering them? Both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pun, I feel like pun, puns are interesting because you you kind of have to be clever, too. Like people, you can be funny without being clever. Some people are just, are, are pretty humorous without being clever. But being punny, you have to kind of put things together in a clever way. Yeah, I, I think puns are a weird, a weird one, actually. I don't, I don't think I'm very good at puns, even though I'm a seven. What is your, funny. what is your strength in humor then? What's your, your particular <clears throat> talent when it comes to humor? Like, would you be good at stand up? I think I could. I think that would be hard. Yeah, oh, I think yeah. there's a lot of like inner voice that would be going on. You'd have to overcome, and I'm sure it wouldn't be easy to generate material. But I, I think maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know that I'd want to try it though. I'm a little more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but what what type of humor? <laughs> if if puns aren't your your thing, what mm. type of humor? Like, are you a good kind of anecdote teller i think that, that that's a some people are strong at that they just kind of start talking about what happened in their day and they, they can make the most mundane things sound pretty entertaining i think i'm okay at that i, I think i'm really good at sarcasm hmm. and i think i'm good at pointing out irony and kind of odd that sounds like stand-up does it i mean i feel like that's a big part of a lot of people stand up is pointing out you is know, this part of our podcast? Yeah, right totally. <laughs> this is important contextual information it is, it is before we dive okay. into the therapeutic okay. uses and misuses of comedy. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I don't know. I've, I've never really broken down like what types of humor there are. Do you ever get feedback about your humor? Like, what do people say about you? I mean, people. <laughs> I th- not in general. We're not interested. In I, th- I think I get feedback that I'm funny or. You know the the problem is that humor is great 
um, serves a great function in like disarming people, but you can definitely use humor in non-advantageous ways as well. And so I think that's sometimes why I question my use of humor sometimes. It's like, mm, is this actually a good therapeutic use of humor or am I trying to ease tension or am I trying, you know, my own kind of. Yeah. And I, I think that's, um, uh, this is a good transition to talking about humor and therapy, but I, I think humor in general, there, there's a very fine line between the sweet spot of being really funny and, and it building connection between people very quickly drops off a cliff into kind of alienating people. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or you can get stuck in like endless loops of humor that aren't productive at all. You know, I, I think that's easy. If you, if you make an ill-timed kind of quip about something, um, you can quickly like throw off, um, throw your client off or throw, um, the focus of the, the session off, I think potentially. This makes me think of one of our early episodes on, um, as psychologists, do we analyze people all the time? <laughs> um, and while I was more in the camp of no, I don't anyway. One thing I, I do tend to notice in people is I feel like I'm pretty good at picking up on when people are just being funny or, or whether they're using, whether they've developed humor as a way to kind of cope with something or, or keep things at an arm's length or it, it becomes sort of a, like a defense mechanism. Yeah. There's like, there's too much emotion here. I'm going to uh -huh. alleviate some of that and distract or avoid yeah. staying in this space by using humor. Or it would be, I want to say something, but it could potentially be dangerous. So I'll tell it, in, I'll say it in the form of like a joke. And then if it goes off poorly, you can always resort to, well, I was just joking. It was just a joke. Mm. Yeah, I, I think I do that. Not to say it was just a joke, but to say, um, I think there have been times when I'm like, ooh, this might sting a bit. So I'm going to use some humor to lighten the the impact. Oh. And I think that's a mistake sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now that we've aired our our personal <laughs> <laughs> situation with humor. Um humor in the therapy room. Mm -hmm. Um so you sort of uh, alluded initially that there are sort of uses and maybe misuses of humor. Um, when mm -hmm. do you, let's start off with how do you use humor therapeutically? What does that look like? This happened um, recently. The, um, I had a client who um, ruminates a lot. Uh, they go over and over these ways in which they are inferior and, and, and these, these ways tend to have happened in the past, right? So they were a terrible, let's say, um, um, son to their parents. And um, his parents have passed away. And sometimes when he's reminded of his parents, he'll just start ruminating about all the ways he was a terrible son to his parents. And as we've talked more and more about how this line of thought and this this kind of internal mental behavior that he's doing in ruminating, how that impacts his mood. Um, he's gotten fairly adept at kind of seeing that certain lines of thought aren't productive. And so in a session one time he started, he kind of just slipped into this unknowingly and he started out kind of berating himself about how he'd screwed this up and how he screwed this up. And, and I said, 
uh, I kind of said, hey, wait, wait, can I, and I, can I interrupt you and just point out how awesome this line of thought is and how, how this is really going to help you feel better soon. And so it was a, it was a definite sarcastic comment. I like how you explained that deadpan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> I, I really did. I, and, and that's why I think, and it, and it, and it stopped him dead in his tracks and he was able to kind of go and, and to see, he knew what I was doing. I mean, he knows me well enough. We've been working together a little while. Um, he was able to pick up on it right away and go, I'm doing it again, you know? And, and for him, it, I think it, it resonated. And I think I can use sarcasm in sessions when things like are, that are going, um, effectively. Um, but I'm well aware of the dangers of using sarcasm sometimes too. Um, yeah. So let's, let's, well, yeah, yeah. Go, go keep going with that danger. Like when does that. Well, I think, you know, if the client doesn't know you well enough, you know, um, the, the comment seems um, critical instead of uh, an observation, you know, or a, or a way to kind of point out um, a problematic thought pattern or something. It becomes much more judgmental, I think, if they don't know you. Um, or they can take you kind of literally if they don't understand the concepts and get confused. Right, yeah. right. So at its best... It's sort of um, in that it's so it's kind of shocking, but it's shocking in a good way. It can kind of jolt them out of a rigid perspective that they're in. And that's the hope, I think, is to kind of really um, point out um, in a really kind of blatantly obvious kind of way, like, this isn't working, yeah. is it? Yeah. And sometimes that's the thing we need to kind of get out of a, a particular perspective right. on something. Um, but yeah, it easily goes, goes overboard. Um, so one of my, and you talked about how it, um, there's a developmental aspect to it where you would definitely not probably use a ton of sarcasm in your first session or two with a client. Definitely <laughs> not. I, th- I think a certain level of rapport has to be hit before you're using that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So along those lines though, w- one of the places I use humor is, is in the initial, um, few sessions, um, in, in the first part of getting to know someone, not sarcasm. Um, that definitely does not go over well. (laughs) Um, but just using, um, you know, just not being afraid to be kind of funny or jokey with people a little bit sometimes when it's appropriate, especially stuff like when you go get someone in the waiting room and you're walking into session, you know, just make, you know, making jokes about, you know, what the local baseball team did or whatever it is. Um, but the other thing that I found to be really, enjoyable but i think actually is therapeutic is uh inside therapy jokes (laughs) so in the process of working with someone and getting to know someone just like in any relationship um, a therapist and a client can develop inside jokes so i have this one client uh we'll call her uh what should we call it jenny how about jenny (laughs) jenny (laughs) so jenny one time she she came from a background where um expressing emotion was really looked down upon and really kind of even like penalized by her family, especially. Um, but she describes herself as a very, she's always been a very emotional person, but as a kid, she really learned to kind of good things don't happen when I express a lot of emotion. So I have to kind of lock it down. Um, and part of our work has been kind of normalizing the experience of emotion and learning how, yeah, you don't want to just be emoting all over the place all the time, but um, you don't have to kind of keep it so locked down all the time. Um, 
and and one of her the terms she used when describing her especially when she was younger was she called herself uh super feeler jenny <laughs> so she was a feeler you know she's really felt stuff a lot right. of like emotional reaction to stuff um and we you know and she said that she kind of chuckled and and that became like a part of our vocabulary and vernacular so every once in a while now she'll be talking about how you know she just got so upset and sort of like your ruminative guy and it's it's in this tone of like it's a bad thing that i got so upset and so i'll i'll, I'll say something like oh like super feeler jenny showed up right to kind of similar to your kind of sarcasm comment but that it's it's fun. and then she'll kind of like it'll shift her out of that and she'll both she'll realize oh yeah i'm i'm slipping into that unhelpful way of thinking about things of being critical of my emotion yeah. rather than right. embracing it mm-hmm. but it's also like a shared joke between us which i think builds the relationship that well, makes you know if you look at like emotion researchers they'll tell you that like laughing and, and you know with other people that that's that's what it's for it's for identifying as a group and it's for building that bond so i i think you're you're definitely onto something that humor can be used to enhance the therapeutic relationship in ways at times um or, or at least to um increase you know healthy um rapport rapport yeah um so yeah, that's what it's kind of used for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also and sorry, you can jump in whenever you want here. But uh, another place I that I <laughs> another place that I see humor being valuable is that, um, I mean, therapy in some ways therapy is just an inherently kind of a heavy activity. You know, like it's about pretty weighty, heavy topics, um, and I think that humor can help. Um, offset that a little bit and that if you you know i I try and think about um even session to session like if we've had a few pretty heavy sessions in a row or if just like the whole the first 40 minutes of a session has been pretty heavy um you you never want to force it of course but if if you have an opportunity to kind of introduce a little bit of levity like into a session i i think that can that can help keep therapy on a more even keel um because it can get pretty intense sometimes not bad not in a bad way necessarily but just in, in a kind of how it feels um right. and just like a I, I think about like music just like a lot of like popular music has different kind of movement you have a you know a chorus and then you have a verse and a, and they're very di- they feel very different but it's the kind of interplay between the two gives the whole thing kind of a balanced feel and i think a, as a therapist it over time you get a better sense for like the rhythm of a therapy session or even sessions over time. And, and humor can be a way to kind of modify that dynamic a little bit. I, I think that's a really good way to put it, actually. I think, um, yeah, the, 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 but there is a potential danger at times to, I guess, produce a song that is too heavy on chorus and not enough, you know, not enough real good kind of quality lyrics, I guess. So, and I think that's a potential danger of humor, you know, is to really, you know, be mindful of how you're using humor, I guess, or, or I'm tr- I try to be. Um, and I don't know that I'm great at it, again, because I'm so funny. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to be more and more cognizant of, like, am I doing that for my benefit, their benefit, to ease? You know, what, what's the function of that? And, and I'm curious. I, I, I think this is a good 
Really good question. And that's a tricky balance, I think, because, I mean, part of what we're kind of homing in on is the idea that if you're going to use humor, it should be pretty intentional. Like you should be doing it for a good therapeutic reason. Um, not just because that's part of your personality or you think it's really funny or you think you just want things to be a little lighter. <laughs> um, but I think it's the nature of humor that you, you can't like force it too much. Like the part of humor is the sort of spontaneity of it. And so I think that's an interesting tension. Like, how do you do that to, if you were too mindful of it, you would, you would think about it and you think, and then the moment would be gone and it wouldn't be, Yeah, you know, you'd lose it. Well, and it is very spontaneous. You know, uh, I was talking to a client the other day about developing coping skills, um, you know, and, and use the metaphor of like, you know, we, we want to develop or have a tool belt that we can, a, a diverse tool belt that we can basically, um, be able to deploy uh, various strategies to to adapt and and function. And at the end of the session, um, she was saying, "You know, I'm really glad that I'm I'm coming to therapy, and I'm really happy about this." And she's like, "I'm just really excited because, you know, you're a tool." And <laughs> totally true. <laughs> and as she pun. said that, she kind of looked at me, and I looked at her. Um, and it was really funny, you know, we both started kind of <laughs> laughing and I'm like, wait, did you just call me a tool? Um, but it, w- but it was a good moment and it was a, it was a, I think one of those spontaneous moments that, you know, even if she hadn't laughed, I might've kind of internally kind of given her a look like that was, that was funny. Um, but yeah, some, some of it is just, it is spontaneous and mm-hmm. you don't control it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think too, it's a good humor is a good, and this gets it to your point. Humor is a good way of um, kind of normalizing the relationship in therapy without a ton of downside. Like therapy is an inherently unbalanced situation in terms of power dynamics and stuff like that. And so I think it can, if you can foster some room for humor in therapy, I think it does a lot to help clients feel like it's a collaborative relationship rather than a sort of like authoritarian one. Yeah. And that's, that's interesting. You say that. I mean, and, and that, again, that's what humor does. It disarms, right? Mm-hmm. It, it says, Hey, we're more partners, not. And, and I, and I like, I can appreciate CBT's tenant that like y- you're a collaborative team, but that's really not authentic in some ways too. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I Careful said Dr. Stewart. I said it. <laughs> okay. What do you, what do you mean? Um, well, hopefully your client is coming to you because, um, you are an expert in behavior change and, um, you have some, uh, utility in helping them achieve goals that they're struggling with in some way. And that there's a power differential there, just there, they're coming to you for help. And so I know CBT loves to make the claim that it's a collaborative team, but it's, (laughs) it's collaborative in some ways. Because you're not an expert in them just yet, um, but I think it's a false um, template to say that it's a purely collaborative team effort. So I would push back against that by saying I think a lot of a lot of power deferentials, and I think therapy probably falls into this, are are more about perception. So that the problem with power differentials is that a a, thera- a client perceives their therapist as being 
this expert. And as a result, their, their behavior changes as right. a result of that. Right. right. Um, but I think just like any relationship, there's strengths and weaknesses and power and weakness on, on either side. Sure. Right. So I, I think if you can, just because you have expertise doesn't mean that, that there's inherently a power differential or a perceived power differential. Like power, I don't know, power is a strong word. So you, I, I think you can use humor and all sorts of other techniques to make the, the relationship feel less imbalanced in terms of power. Because that's really not, I mean, power doesn't, it's not important in therapy. Like who has power? Hmm. <laughs> it's it's a weird i think it's a weird term to apply to to therapy um and and so i just think even if there are differences obviously in knowledge and expertise and experience between a therapist and a client um but it doesn't have to be it doesn't the setting doesn't have to feel like there's a huge differential well, power. I, I would agree with that. I don't think the power differential is huge or should be huge. Um, but I think if your client doesn't see you as an expert and and having some um, some um, degree of um, competency that they don't have, there's just no use in them coming to you. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is just semantics, but I feel like there's a difference between acknowledging an expertise differential, but showing that that doesn't have to be a power differential. I, and and I, this I, this I is all kind that. of connotation. And, oh, and uh, I can appreciate that, though. I understand what you're saying. Um, so so I, I agree. I think it's important to acknowledge that there is an ex- expertise differential. Well, and I've sat across the couch from a few people that I'm quickly can figure out, like, whoa verbally this person is way more intelligent than i am right or definitely been you know really starkly aware of you know some some uh expertise that they may have that i don't so but i think you're right i can see what you're saying okay um so i i think humor can help even out the well like any relationship it, it just puts you on a even though you have your own strengths and weaknesses just like a friendship or a you know, a marriage or whatever, um, day to day, hopefully you're basically working on the same level. Right. And I think humor can help that kind of working level be on the same. It can help you guys work on the same level collaboratively, even though there are differences in expertise and experience and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. I think, I think overall, I mean, like anything, humor can be used, um, skillfully and, spontaneously to enhance the therapeutic process, but there is a danger, I think. I mean, there there are definitely clients that I have that are really funny. And it's possible, you know, at times that maybe we both just kind of have a back and forth for a while that's like really not therapeutic. Not productive, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, this is a great, I think, question and, and one that I definitely think about it from time to time. <laughs> <laughs>